What's good, Desi Hip Hop fam? You are tuned in to the Unfiltered Podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. I am your host, DJ Raf, and today we're going to hang out with three artists from three different parts of the world, uh, three distinctly uh, talented artists. Uh, but before we get into that, I just wanted to also remind you uh, that we're also on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else. So if you are a listener uh, on one of those platforms, listening to me right now, not live, but later on, thank you for doing that, man. I appreciate you. Uh, follow us on YouTube, Instagram, everywhere else. I don't have to say nothing about that. Um, also, I wanted to give a quick shout out to independent artists around the world. Uh, we, we know your pain. We understand how you feel. And uh, to solve some of these problems, we partnered up with Tsunomi.io. Tsunomi.io is a platform made for independent South Asian artists uh, around the world. Um, it's a platform that'll help you distribute your music and start earning ASAP. So go figure out what Tsunomi.io is. Uh, you know, put it on the browser, search it on Instagram, uh, ask the right questions and you'll find the right answers. Um, another thing that we're doing uh, for independent artists is uh, we linked up with Applause. So if you are a independent artist who goes live on Instagram or LinkedIn or YouTube or Twitch or anywhere else, and you want to monetize your live streams, figure out what applause is. Applause.artist on Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else. Uh, go find applause and learn about it and uh, figure out how you can use applause and Sonomi to your advantage. All right, enough yapping for today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start introducing our guests uh, for this episode. By the way, this is the first episode we're doing on Sunday. So, you know, a sh massive shout out to you guys for being here and watching uh, with us. Um, today, the first guest uh, is an R&B singer from Los Angeles, California. Uh, she's been singing since she was, a, she was a kid and she's always been on the grind, always trying to figure out a new way uh, to do things and uh, new, she's always creating new music. The last time we chatted on Instagram Live, actually, um, she mentioned that she's working on a slew of new music this year and uh, we're excited to hear a lot of those. So please join me in welcoming the musical doc. Yo, what's poppin'? What's good? I'm happy to have you here today. Are Thank you doing you. well? Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, you doing what we got to do behind uh, the camera. So we out here. It's uh, nice. eight where I'm at. So happy hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. All right, uh, we'll move on and get uh, introduce the next guest into uh, today's episode. Uh, the next guest uh, hails all the way from Sydney, Australia. It's 2 a.m. for this guy, but he's always grinding no matter what time of day it is. So please help me, uh, please join me in welcoming Kid J West. Yo, what's up, Raf? Hey, music. What's dog? good, bro? Happy to have you here, man. I'm Thanks glad so you're much. still awake. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. You know, I have to be. Desi Hip Hop's always supporting me. So support as much as I can. Hell yeah. All right, man. So last but not least, uh, our final guest in today's episode hails from Toronto, uh, Canada. This guy's been on the grind for over a decade, man. He's released a lot of dope music over the years. A lot of songs that we uh, we play on our global Desi Hip Hop playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. Please join me in welcoming Blitzkrieg. What's going on, guys? What's good, bro? Happy to have you guys here, man. <clears throat> Man, this is awesome. This is really cool, man. We are actually 
you know, from all over the world here, you know, Los Angeles, Canada, Australia. I'm here in Minneapolis. This is uh, this is quite nice, man. This is really cool. Um, so let's start, man. Let's start the show. Let's see how you guys have been doing. Let's start with Blitzkrieg, bro. How have yeah. you been doing uh, during this quarantine? Man, I'm loving it. I feel like, you know, <laughs> other than people getting sick and passing away, unfortunately, around the world, quarantine for me has been the best thing that's ever happened. It's allowed me to slow down and really take time for myself. I've been on the grind, like, you know, kind of like Raph said, I've been making music for 20 years, whether it's traveling, whether it's in the studio recording, just constantly on the grind. So quarantine just really allowed me to step back, take more time to, you know, absorb things, tap into my creative, you know, my creative space again. So I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Nice. That's awesome. That's good to hear. You know, you know, right now, I feel like the mo best thing we can do is just stay positive, stay on the grind. You know, that's, that's the best path. thing. Um, all right, next up, Musical Doc. Uh, how have you been this past few months? Well, um, I would have to say the same thing. Like, I really, you know, I think the quarantine has, I think it's affected everyone in so many different ways and levels. Um, I think if, if, whether that's as an artist, an entrepreneur, just a person, a human person, soul spirit, I think it's affected all of us. But it's also really given just, like, time to, like, you know, just reflect on like what's the most important elements of like your being as a person. Like for me, I definitely got to write a lot more music. Um, like that would be like the artist side of me. Like I'm always creating, you know, kind of expanding what it is that I can uh, can do and reflect on that. As a woman, I'm also getting married like next week. So like that was like oh, a wow. whole, yo, COVID, what's up? Congrats. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, really and cool. so, you know, and then I think, like, just the whole element of, like, as artists, right, like, we we thrive in the live element, so it's, like, kind of finding that balance of, like, yo, how do I, how do I kind of thrive, you know, behind the screen and still get that same energy and all of that, so I just, I really think it's something you tap from within, and so, um, just a lot of different elements, you know what I mean, a lot of different elements, so happy to be right. here, that's, that's all we could do! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, later in the show. I'll, I will ask you a little more about your wedding, like how you're doing it and what's the plans with it with this COVID yeah. era, you know. But uh, we'll come back to that for sure. Um, Kid J West, bro, how how has the past few months been? How, how is it in Australia right now with the COVID? Yeah, it's, it's it's been interesting for sure. Um, so I'm in Sydney, um, so different parts of Australia have different types of lockdown rules at the moment. So. We've been pretty good over the past five, six months and sort of dropping those numbers down in terms of how many cases we see. But I work a nine to five as well. So for me, everything shifted to working from home just as much, probably more. Um, and then musically as well, it's been quite amazing um, actually for me because being so far away, a lot of platforms started doing these digital things like yourself, um, MTV and all these sort of different platforms started sort of doing some digital channel work. And so through that, I've been able to have some opportunity as well, which is quite good. And um, as Blitzkrieg and Musical Doc mentioned, you know, being able to tap into that creative element and really sort of, you know, get in the fields a bit more about being in isolation and being, you know, by yourself and stuff like that. So it's been good right. from that perspective. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, this is really cool. We're going to, you know, definitely get to know you guys a lot better today. Um, we're going to, you know, as I mentioned to you guys and uh, with the guests before, the, the way this show uh, is organized is it's kind of like a game show, but each of these games are uh, made to get to know the artists a lot better. Uh, so we're going to get started with the first segment, the first game. Uh, it's called Scavenger Hunt. 
All right, scavenger hunt. So in this part of the show, I ask each of the guests to share something from your room, from your house, uh, something where you can tell us a story. Uh, so let's start with who's who's got something. Musical Doc seems like she's really happy about this one. So <laughs> let's see what you um, okay. got for us. <laughs> I was just making sure I was like, do I have anything up in here for No, I'm just kidding. All right, look, I do have something super dope I want to share, okay? Okay. So when we were talking about Yo, what's been going on during quarantine? La, 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 la. Right. I have to give, okay, so this is like the first exclusive that I'm even sharing this. So what's up, Daisy Hip Hop exclusive? Y'all watching this right now, you about to get the exclusive right now. Hey. So I had to share this, but during this time, like one of the things that I really, really have been wanting to do was drop my own apparel line, like kind of just something mm. that reflects my artistry, but also like, you know, put it, putting that into fashion. Um, and so it was something like during this time while preparing like, all the madness of the world like yo let me put out music let me put out this um i finally my fiance and i we finally were like yo let's freaking do it so mm -hmm. i present to y'all the first job oh Ooh, nice <laughs> that looks so nice that looks sick oh my why not wear this right now because i want to show y'all though <laughs> so, nice nice no i like it that was definitely something i wanted to share so tmd apparel y'all better look out for that make sure you cop it um but yeah it's just something that i you know i feel really passionate about i feel like being able to express your creativity and art in all realms um is really kind of for me what this time has really been whether it's planning an event or planning like doing my art or like creating like my art into fashion it's really just been like all this gotta go somewhere so where the hell is it gonna go <laughs> so, right, uh, right. <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to share that with y'all nice i like that yeah that's awesome <laughs> And yeah, congrats on a new venture. You know, that's always uh, good to do something new and, uh, you know, give that a shot. So, love that. Uh, yeah, so we had to do that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? We got some new music out coming out too. So, Hell yeah. <laughs> that's nice. That's awesome. Well, cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, Blitzkrieg, what do you got for us, bro? Um, so, I was looking around and, you know, um, one thing that I always keep with me, no matter where I move, where I've lived, is I always keep an original copy of my first mixtape. And nice. they don't even make CDs no more, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that just goes to show you how old it is, right? But it's really sentimental to me. The shrink wrap is still on it. I've never opened it. Oh, nice. Um, so it always reminds me, you know, whether I've been featured in Bollywood films, whether I'm traveling overseas, no matter who I've worked with in this world, it always just kind of reminds me, and it's sentimental to me that this is what started it all, you know? This is what Punjabi MC heard back in 2005. This made him, you know, put me onto the BBC. Universal contacted me. Sony contacted me. It was all Hell built yeah. off of this. That's dope. That's, That's sick. Good. And what, what's that called? Indiana Strikes? No. So, you know, the Cleveland Indians, um, yeah. jersey, right? So I, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I photoshopped that. And it's Indian Strike Back. <laughs> 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 yeah. Indian Strike Back. Yeah. That's nice. I like That's it. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, uh, Kid J West, bro, uh, what do you got for us? Awesome. So I was looking, I have a box in my room and out of the box is some old memories. So I'm like, uh -huh. you know, the tallest guy you'll probably come across, generally speaking. Um, how tall am I? I'm 6'8". And then I always get this Jeez. question that, um, yeah, yeah, 6'8". So I get this question that always says, that, you know, when did you realize you were tall? Now, I personally don't remember it um, uh -huh. so when I was relatively tall compared to everyone else. But I did find a photo from 1997. Um, in kindergarten, 
and I am in the back row as the tallest person there. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. god! Wow, that's awesome. There you go. Yeah, so. taller than the teacher. It He's seems. like, I knew yeah. from the spot. <laughs> yeah, you're taller than the teacher, bro. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh that's 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 an old school memory. But yeah, six eight in context, same as LeBron James, but twenty kilos less muscle. So. It is what it is. <laughs> okay, okay. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool, man. Um, so do you like being, uh, you know, the tallest person in the room in most cases? Yeah, I don't mind it. I think, it, I think you know, it, it, it gives you the best chance to be memorable. Um, <laughs> and if you're doing the right things, you sort of leave that impression as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where you just got to learn how to respond to your set all. I said to you every, every time, every day, multiple times mm -hmm. a day, but I don't mind it. My parents are tall. I'm dad's 6'4", mom's 5'9". I've got a sister who's 5'11". So, you nice. know, just being around tall people, that's how it's been. That's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we all need to, you know, lean into what makes us unique, right? So that's the, that's the best part. Um, awesome, man. Thank you guys for sharing. I love that. Um, you know, big shout out to all the people on YouTube watching us right now. There are like some 300 uh, or so people watching us right now on YouTube. So shout out to you guys. Today, it's a, a new day for the show. Like we used to do it on Wednesdays, but today we're from now on, we're doing it on Sundays. I figured I wanted to test what the weekend will look like and uh, it's going great. So I'm happy about that. All right. Um, moving on to the... <laughs> Hell yeah. Moving on to the next segment of the show. Uh, it's called Feedback. So Feedback. Uh, this, uh, this is a segment of the show where we go way back on your Instagram feed and you have to explain and give context to uh, some of the pictures that we've pulled up. Uh, so... <laughs> I will get. No, no, that was gonna happen. I, yeah, I'm no, gonna go ahead and pull my hood right now, y'all. Peace out. I should have asked. <laughs> um, give me a second. Okay, full screen. All right, cool. We're starting with Blitzkrieg, man. Um, I found this picture from a really long time ago. It says 2016. Oh, give me some context here. I see Sats B. I see a bunch of you guys. Right. What are you doing here? Right. Okay, so that's that's uh, Juggy D, that's H Dami, that's me, and uh, that's Sats B. Sats B is the guy who um, operates the biggest South Asian festival in Canada called uh, Daisy Fest. Right. He hired me and H Dami to headline uh, a thing called uh, Juno Week. Juno Week is like basically the Canadian version of the Grammys or whatnot. Oh, so okay. there was a week long worth of festivities, and they they did like a Daisy night. And I mm -hmm. headlined it with a live band, and I flew Juggy D in to perform with me, and H. Dami was there uh, opening up for us. So that was a crazy night. And this was backstage right after we got off stage, just kind nice. of taking a picture. Yeah. Nice. That's sick. I knew there was a story over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Oh. This another really <laughs> old picture, bro. <laughs> the boys. All right. So this picture is Apache Indian, Juggy D, me, Roach Killer, and in the back is Apache's DJ Parm. And this Apache Indian used to have a bar in Birmingham, UK called Apache's. And, oh. you know, Apache, you know, growing up, yeah. he he defined and changed the game for Daisies. You know, he's really the first one that went mainstream. So, mm -hmm. you know, me and Roach Killer coming from North America, when we heard uh, he was in Dumb and Dumber 2, right? With that big soundtrack. Um, mm -hmm. So 
you know, when we heard all that kind of stuff, he was like a mentor. He was an inspiration for us. So when we went to the UK, the fact that he embraced us and, and treated us like brothers and really mentored us was a big deal. So this was one night when we kind of just were hanging out at his bar and he used to have a talk show on Brit Asia TV and he interviewed us and I performed. And this was, oh, uh, I see. this is, this is from there. Nice. Yeah, yeah I, I knew there'd be some epic stories about these pictures, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Y'all look like ha you're having a lot of fun, man. Yeah, That's it was sick. fun, man. It was fun. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing, bro. No problem. Um, for the audience, uh, you know, go to Blitz Music One yeah. on Instagram, and you'll see all these pictures that we're talking about. Um, all right, next up, hey. Musical Bedak. Damn, <laughs> this is you with the sitar. Um, I didn't know you can play the sitar. So tell us a little more about this. Okay, so this is actually that's called a tambura, oh, and shit, so uh, my my roots of music I would have to say go back to like, you know, before I, I even identified with my own name, like I identified with music. Like my parents are both musicians, my families they're they're all musicians, and oh, so I started actually like singing like classical Carnatic music when I was a kid. And growing up, um, like my dad was like Hindu and my mom is Catholic. So I also sang in a gospel church choir as well, too. Oh, wow. So it's, it's just really interesting looking at this because this particular picture, it was taken. Um, I did this show, in, I think it was um, in Santa Monica. And um, basically, it was, you know, I really believe like the, the future, like the children are our future, right? And so this was actually a really cool show. It was like a week long show called Musical Explorers. And we curated all of this content from um, like uh, different genres of music from all over the world and basically brought it to one stage. And we had, uh, and we, we made like a curriculum and sent it out to all these different school districts in like LA. And basically, so that whole year they were able to learn like elements of like classical indie music, elements wow. of like Cuban music, elements of like whatever, whatever jazz music. And then, so this week long event was like the show, like they're kind of like field trips. So literally we had like hundreds of buses every single day come in and the whole entire stage, I think it was at the broad, no, I don't remember where it was. It was somewhere in Santa Monica. But um, like literally we had thousands of kids just like flood in. And like, I remember when I first sang like a song and I was putting the thalam and to see all these different kids from different backgrounds, everything just si singing the song with me, like putting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like it was the craziest, craziest <laughs> experience like of life. Like that was a different kind of energy that was evoked altogether. So, I mean, yeah, that this picture really just takes it back to like the roots of my, um, my being which is like oh, nice. music yeah that's amazing <laughs> that's really cool yeah see i i learned something about you that i didn't know uh i learned a few things actually uh, <laughs> about your background that's awesome it's really cool that's why we do this um this one how <laughs> <laughs> you gonna do me like that rap how you gonna do me like that <laughs> oh, i was just curious <laughs> what's oh, going on here yes. okay so let me tell you <laughs> um, so I did, I, I did this, I uh, do music full time now, you know, but right. part of my journey was I also went to med school mm -hmm. and, um, during like my second year of med school, um, my friends and I, we decided to go on like this all encompassing, um, India trip. So we started like, at, like the tip of South India, like Kerala, and we took like a local train and went like all the way up to like every single state through India. Wow. And, nice. Um, so like, yeah, we went up there and then they were like, we were like in Himachal Pradesh or like that. I don't know exactly where we were. And I, I'm pretty sure it was Himachal Pradesh. And they were like, yo, you want to ride a yak up the mountain? I was like, 
bet homie let's go <laughs> so um yeah that was definitely wow that was definitely a different time in my life when um you know i think i, I was embracing like that period in my life when i was doing medicine and, it, and it's so funny to see this because it was like despite kind of me putting aside this element of which which was me like my musical side because i was doing medicine like it was just finding happiness in like the simple things like freaking riding a yak up the mountain and i think such a friendly reminder of what we need to channel, especially during times like this, right? You know. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You know, like uh, that's a great experience. Now you have a great story. You know, um, <laughs> a, a lot of people would be like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna ride that yak." You know. Even I don't know about myself. If I was in that situation, I don't know what I would do. But I feel like I would say no. But so you know, big props to you, man. Look at that dude right there. He was taking a pic. Most, most of my homies were like, yo, 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 let's just take a pic. Just chill, man. I was like, hey, I don't know when I'm going to see a yak again, yo. I'm right, that's right. Right now. <laughs> right? That's, that's facts Start right there. Right? Let's go. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing, man. I love that. Um, all right. Next up, Kid J West. Man, I saw a lot of pictures of you flying like uh, we got this whole series called jump series oh, um, yeah from, pretty much uh, how how the hell yeah. are you doing this like i just it's just one of those things that um yeah every year i try to go overseas at least once and it just started i think it started in hong kong about four years um mm -hmm. where you pretty much try to stand on a high platform and jump as high as you can in most um in any place you can find keep a very straight face whilst you're doing it and hopefully at the end you get something that's cool so that's Pretty much it. You know, I love going overseas every year, at least once a year. I had um, Canada and New Japan as the next trips to go to, but obviously that got shut down because of quarantine. But uh, yeah, that was last year in March. I went to London and then I liked it so much that I went in December again. Um, and nice. yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that every trip I just take that little jump photo. <laughs> it's it's crazy how high you are, man. In these pictures, it's, oh, it's a bit of an it's a bit of an illusion because if you look at the area underneath, I jump off that, so it just looks a bit higher than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, hey, oh, I had right. a feeling you're gonna pull this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was curious. This is you, right? This guy in the that middle. That is me. Yeah, yeah. The one okay, in the purple. Yeah. So I have a big I have a big love for Pongara. Um, have had a love for Pongara for probably 10, 15 years. I was part of a team called um, Ministry of Pongada back then. Um, stamina wasn't the greatest, but I do enjoy watching it the best out, like, you know, and seeing techniques and so forth, like Van City, uh, Pongada Knights. These are these different teams from America and Canada and stuff that were quite big. And then um, four years, and, and currently I'm part of a team called Pongada All-Star Sydney, albeit I've danced with them for a while. Um, wow. We went to America about four years ago, five years ago to LA to compete in Bruin uh, Pongada. Um, which is a cool thing. So yeah, dance has been, dance creation, anything like that has been a big part of um, my creative side of things. And yeah, so uh, Pongada has definitely been a place where I got to connect with creatives and really got to experience what it's like to be in front of, you know, people on a stage. Um, that's where it sort of started from. That's dope. Wow, that's, that's really cool, man. Uh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear that. So uh, you're, um, you were in LA. Was your like most recent uh, Bhangra thing? Like uh, yeah, so that one I didn't perform, but I did like did oh. a lot of the training and coaching and stuff with them, and, and came oh, okay. came to there. And it was the first Australian team representing on the American wow. UK circuit because it's quite heavy there with the Americans and the UKs. It's a massive thing. It's a pretty much a massive community. You know, you're either that or you're you're just watching it. So it was a right. good, good experience. We came third. We tied with I'm sure Blitzkrieg would know as well. You know, Empire. Everyone knows Pongala Empire. 
yeah. yeah so we tied with them um nice. but yeah it was, it, was, it was a good experience <laughs> nice that's awesome uh, i love that thank you guys for sharing man thank you uh you know i i just again you know i learned so many new things every time we do these kind of things uh, so that's really cool love that um you know uh every time we do that scavenger hunt thing i always ask the guests and then i always have something of mine that i will share but i right. always keep forgetting man i always keep forgetting i forgot today as well so i want to quickly get this in while i'm while i remember um, I've been reading this a lot lately, Gary Vaynerchuk's jab, 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 right hook. It's how to tell your story in a noisy social world. It's very valuable. It's been very helpful for me. Um, it's actually the second time I'm reading this, um, just, just cause it's kind of fun. I mean, I love, love the guy, the way he talks and, uh, it's very real and it's full of great advice. Um, so yeah, I would suggest that book to anybody who's, uh, trying to make it in the social media world, man. Oh, that's awesome. Crazy world. Um, Have you seen the social dilemma? Is it a social dilemma? Oh my God. Yeah. People are really raving about it and the need to watch that because after you do that, you're deleting all socials. Oh shit. <laughs> I, I have like, all my notifications up. I was like, off, 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 off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got to watch that. On that note, follow me at Blitz Music One. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, that's yeah. I, I gotta watch that show. I've heard uh, you know raving reviews about it, but uh, I haven't had the chance yet. Um, but yeah, massive shout out to uh, the viewers on YouTube. It's probably some seven hundred people over there watching us. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. Um, in this, I want to quickly take an opportunity to give a quick shout out to Sunomi.io. If you are an independent artist, you need to go check out Sunomi.io. Uh, it'll help you distribute your music and earn money. Uh, so go figure that out and go see what that is. And um, before we move to the next segment, musical doc, you know, you mentioned that you're also a doctor uh, as well as an artist, right? Yeah. So with this Corona thing, man, like, what do you practice, think? I don't practice medicine, though, just FYI. I know, yeah, you don't, okay. you don't practice medicine, <laughs> but you have the knowledge, right? You learned, yeah. you, you have the experience, so yeah. we can ask you this question. Uh, what do you think about this coronavirus thing? Like, when do you think this will be out of, uh, you know, when do you think this problem is solved? Like, we're getting kind of sick and tired of it. Right, <laughs> right. Well, like, okay, so I have so many different thoughts on that, honestly, yeah. because it's like, I feel like because, you know, obviously there's like different strains of like, like the coronavirus, right? But it's like, when you really think about what, what is happening right now, like, I feel like there's so little that we actually know about it. And in, and when you really think about it, it's like, when you think about virology, or how does, how does something like, you know, mutate and all of that, like, I just feel like there's so many elements. And so it's like, even with this whole vaccine that they're proposing, and this and that and everything, I'm like, what is it like, what is the trajectory of our world? I don't know, because I know there's also so many people like against vaccines and this and that. And it's like, right. we know so little about it. So it's like, I mean, there's like one side of me, like, it's just so crazy, like with how much like knowledge and technology that we have that this is something that really just shut down the whole entire world. Right. Then another side of me is like, there's so many other elements to it. Like, I understand why, because it's like, yo, like, I mean, we don't know how it moves. Like, we don't know how it replicates. We don't know how it's gonna mutate. Like, we could come up with a freaking vaccine right now. And then who knows? Like, what if, what if it mutates a different way? What if there's different, Oh no, you know what I mean? So it's just really like, I feel like preventive measures is extremely important. It's definitely important. Um, I mean, cause right now it's like, even if I know that they're saying people with the antibody for it can, if they become blood donors, they can possibly help this and that. But it's like, we don't even know, like once it's in, like, 
I don't know. Is there going to be repercussions in that 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Like, right. we, I, we don't know, you know? Yeah. So it's just yeah. really crazy. Like, sometimes I try not to, like, tap that side of my brain. You know, like how <laughs> it's almost bliss, right? Because I'm like, yo, if I start thinking way too deep, like, I'm just like, I, you gotta start freaking out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go to that place. It gets way too yeah. technical. I'm just like, right. I'm gonna just do what I can do in my realm, which is like, you know, be safe on my own, protect the ones that I like are around me immediately. And I mean, mm -hmm. like, really, it's it's kind of like a mental shift. Like, it's crazy because it's like, I mean, how quickly as a society we were able to adopt. I don't know how it is around where y'all are at, but like I live in Orange County right now. And it's like, it's just so crazy how like, you know, restaurants and everything, everything's like outdoor, right. like everything's like tagged up six feet distance, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just so crazy. And it's remarkable actually in society, how quickly we can adapt to something so crazy. But it's also mm -hmm. mortifying as like, you know, a society, how it, like not equipped we are to deal with something like this. Mm -hmm. We're telling things spread across the whole world and nobody, nobody was equipped to say, hold up, stop real quick. So I just, I mean, but I also feel like it also just gave a lot of time for us to reflect. Like I was reading this article, how this was like the first time in a hundred years that like subways in New York city were even like sanitized and clean. And so like, that's just like, that's, I mean, you know, <laughs> we should be, we should probably be doing that a lot more frequently. <laughs> right. It's retarded. Right. So it's like, yeah. So, I mean, I just think once again, like it gives us a lot of time to just reflect, like, you know, um, I, I know that a lot of people were kind of like, oh, is community medicine important? Or is like, you know, what, 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 is, what is all of that? And it's like, yeah, it is really important. Preventative medicine is incredibly important because that's what helps prevent pandemics and epidemics and shit like this. Right. So, um, That's true. yeah, I don't know. I feel like until we really understand how it moves, like, how are we supposed to make a next, our next move, really, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really going to take time, right? Yeah. Mm. No, that's, uh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. We just got to keep sticking to our masks and uh, keep trying to stay safe and socially distant and yeah, sure. hand sanitizer. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I like that. <laughs> All right. So the next, uh, you know, while we talk about social distancing, the next segment is called social undistancing. So social undistancing, this is a segment where we ask, uh, you know, in, in a world where everybody's, you know, socially distancing ourselves in this segment, we want to get to know each other even a little better and undistance a little bit. Um, in this segment, we ask each of you guys, like all of the guests, to ask, ask each other some questions. And, um, you know, you can choose uh, to answer whichever questions you want to answer. You can skip. Uh, it's totally up to you. So I will actually get started uh, with this one. We will all ask Blitzkrieg a question, and then he gets to choose whatever uh, he wants to answer. So Blitzkrieg, man, my question to you is, um, you know, over the years, you've made so many different collaborations, you know, a lot of different songs with, uh, you know, Roach Killer, with, um, you know, H. Dami, with numerous artists, man. You also mentioned... Um, uh, so many different artists in today's episode as well. Which collaboration like stands out to you as like uh, you know a memorable story that you want to share with us? Um, damn, memorable story. I mean, what it's always good collaborating with Roach, right? Roach is my brother. Like he comes from Toronto, so me and him had that struggle together. You know, we went we before there was Instagram, before there was Twitter. 
we were out here on the street freestyle battling people, selling mix CDs to people. Mm-hmm. So when I think of Roach, it's it's not about one situation. It's it's about the fact that me and him got on a plane, went all the way to the UK where we have no family, no friends. This is when UK was the mecca of right. urban Desi music, right? So mm-hmm. to make it an urban Desi music at that time, you had to be known in the UK. Right. So traveling there, literally landing with no plans of where to live, where we're going to stay, not knowing anybody, just going to Trafalgar Square and freestyle battling people every <laughs> single day. And, you know, to go from that to headlining shows with 10,000 people knowing your words and stuff like that. We performed at Glastonbury after, like, uh, before Coldplay. I didn't even know who Coldplay was. Hey! <laughs> I didn't know who they were. So, you know, those type of things, bro, is, uh, yeah, I've collaborated with the Tiger Styles, the RDBs, the Juggy Ds, the H Dommies, the Rishi Riches. You name it, I've worked with them in the urban decent music scene. But what I'll always, I'll always hold close to my heart is working with my brother because me and him slept on the ground together. We we, we freestyle battled until we had enough food to eat every day. So nice. to go from that to where we are today. I saw Billboard. I saw uh, Tiger Shroff singing Roach's words in in a in a Bollywood movie. I've seen him on billboards. I've seen Abhishek tweet his name. You know, like to see this kind of stuff is like, and you see where you came from. You're like, wow, man. Like, so that's something that I'll always hold close, and that'll be my favorite. Man, nice. I like that. Uh, that's a good yeah. one. Love that. Um, Kid J West, uh, do you have a question for Blitzkrieg? Yeah, I think I think obviously speaking to the fact that obviously I've picked a work before I came on here as well, and and also the photo with Jagadi and all these sort of things. You work with many people, and you said you worked for many years through as well. It's been 15, 20 years, um, and, and so forth. How do you find that? Obviously, that, that motivation. I think it ties into. You have moments where you sort of a, a thing happens, and you get this sort of euphoric hit. How do you find yeah. the momentum to keep driving on through those years? And what's the next thing you're looking to achieve? that's really on your horizon to sort of keep you motivated to keep going. I think, I think you got to find the motivation. It, you got to keep it fun. Do whatever you find fun. Cause the second it stops being fun, bro, that's when it starts to show in your music. Right. And that's when it starts to show in your grind and that's anything. So I feel for me personally, one of the best things I did was I went to the UK. I spent years in the UK living there. I, I, I removed myself from that situation. And by coming back to Toronto, I was, you know, in the UK back then, you know, there was TV, there was newspapers, there's the radio. You're literally walking around the streets and girls are chasing you in the mall. People are wanting pictures with you everywhere you go. It's almost not even a reality. It's a la-la land. You get lost in. And it's easy to get caught up in that. And I'm not going to lie. When I was young, I was like 22 years old, living across seas, a star in the UK. I I was lost in it, right? So really, once I removed myself from it, I came back to Canada, got surrounded by my family again, by my friends that don't see me as Blitz. They see me as Tony, the guy they went to kindergarten with. They don't care if I rap or not, right? (laughs) So once I did that and I got myself, how you said, like, I've always, I went to university, got two degrees. I went to... I got a job. I got a career, right? So I work a day job. So that now I don't need to depend on music as my career anymore. I do music for fun. And that's what keeps me motivated. I was in the studio till five in the morning, Friday night. I recorded three songs. I have that go still because I know I don't need to do it. It's fun for me now. So that's what keeps motivating me through life is this is my passion. This is where I'm going to keep it my passion. It's never going to be my job because it's been my job. And that's when I did lose my passion for it. So that's 
I know that was long-winded. Sorry, man, but that, that, no, that's, that's good. good. I appreciate it. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. Thank you. Hell yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing, bro. Um, musical doc, what's a question uh, for Blitzkrieg? Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, before we came on here, I was also checking a lot of your um, music, checking some of your workout as well too. And so I did notice that a lot of the elements combines, like you rap in um, a different language as well and everything too. And so um, it was just really interesting to me. I, I, I always like to go back to like the creative process. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm a total dweeb like that. I, I love creating, mixing, and la 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 la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it's like it's really interesting because like when I I think my creative process kind of is like um, I do have like this whole like classical Indian like element side of it, but when it comes to actually like incorporating lyrics, like I'll never incorporate lyrics from like 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 uh, my my family for example speaks Tamil. Like that right, is right. something like for me I identify like more with like the sound than actual lyrical content. But I guess as a rapper it's also different. So it's like where like like is it do you speak the language fluently so it's like something or like you like kind of go how do you break it down when you're incorporating like different languages in your crafts so basically yeah uh, you know thank you to my grandma i was raised by my grandma i slept in the same bed with her when i was small so mm -hmm. you know growing up being born and raised in toronto yes i'm north american and i speak english but i had mm -hmm. to communicate with my grandma in punjabi because she mm -hmm. doesn't understand so that gave me a strong command of the language and mm -hmm. you know when i started rapping in terms of the creative process when i was doing this mm -hmm. uh, me and roach when we first went to england we were always rapping in english always rapping in english right and we found that because of that we hit a glass ceiling right and we could only get so far because ultimately the people we'd always have to be like hey juggy can you jump on the hook of this song and sing in punjabi while we rap in english around you Mm -hmm. And then it was a certain point where we're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, we don't want to depend on anyone else. Right. So we want to be able to. So that's even now when you listen to my raps, it's kind of it's it's very intricate the way I do it, where right. it's not like it's not like Bohemia, where I rap completely in Punjabi. Like, right. Like most of my verse, if I'm doing a 16 bar verse, like 75 percent of it is in English, uh -huh. you know. But I'll, 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 I'll put in like keywords here and there in Punjabi and stuff like that. So it's kind of appealing to that market. Right, you know? okay, so, okay. Yeah. So like, that's what I meant, like, is it something like, okay, for example, like if I do like a riff, like I just, like I feel a certain way, so I'm like, oh, yo, I'm gonna just add this riff, like what, whatever element, if that's R&B, that's like Indian, whatever that is, mm -hmm. I, like it's what I feel. So like lyrically, if you like throw in a Punjabi word in there, is it something where it's like, yo, I, I'm expressing like a different, like a different layer of it? Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes like, I feel like there's certain things that, like I can express it as much as I want in English, but then there's a other, whole other vibe when you, express it in a different kind of like element so is that kind of like you know what i mean do you get what i'm saying yeah 100 like, like, more emphasis lyr lyrically when you express it in a different language yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to you know yeah like, no, that's no, that, about, like, no that's a very good question there's there's very many layers to it right so on yeah. one layer on, on one layer toronto is very very multicultural it's probably one of the most multicultural cities i've ever been to uh -huh. and that's kind of being surrounded by so many dc people that's kind of how we talk like you'll be talking in english but there's certain things you can only emphasize in punjabi right right, so you'll, right you'll right. kind of say like whatever like right so you'll say it like that so that's kind of how we rap but it, i'm not gonna lie to you it's also strategically done right because right. i don't really like to be 100 honest with you i'm not a fan like i appreciate the talent and stuff but i didn't grow up listening to indian music I don't listen to indie music now. And I personally think I, I listen to like under underground hip hop. My favorite rappers right. are like MF right. Doom and Most Def and Conscious stuff like that. Ah. <laughs> so I took that, I took that 
and knowing what market I'm in and, and knowing what's paying me, what's what's allowing me to be in movies and, and travel the world. I'm I like, see. how do I strategically add both of them? Into I feel that? it. I feel yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was really, thank you for sharing that. That was like really insightful. Uh -huh. I, I've always wondered that, like, just cause it's like, you know, I feel like there's so many, like there's things like in English, you couldn't express it, but there's other things in other languages that you could. And I feel like even like with riffs and stuff like that, there's certain like a riff that you can express like in R&B or like, you know, whatever, but there's other riffs like, you can't ever express what the vibe of that is, you know? So I'm just really curious, like. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's good questions. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing, man. Uh, I love it. Um, okay, so we'll move on to uh, Kid J West, man. Uh, and I will ask you a question um, from my side is, um, you know, in Australia, I kind of feel like, and I might be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like um, the South Asian, you know, Desi artists, are kind of like a less in numbers. Um, I, you know, I don't know of too many Australian Desi artists. Let's just say that. Um, so I'm sure you faced a lot of challenges, you know, as you go through your, you know, industry and, you know, as you go through your career and, you know, growing as an artist. Uh, can you name one challenge uh, that you are, you know, you've been facing and you kind of overcame it over, over these yeah. past few years? No, no, for sure. Thanks for that. Um, so look, Australian, I mean, the population here in Australia is small anyway. So if you work by That's percentages, true. you're going to get a small amount of Punjabis. But we have strong Punjabi communities like Canada that you would be in a smaller amount. I think the artist progression, because we're generally first generational, um, the, the artists, it's hard to find. You have to really go out there to find fellow here that are trying to do something. And I do think the younger generation now, they're more connected to the internet. So you see 20-year-olds just putting out um, all, you know, trying to make music that are this year as well. I think the bigger names here, obviously, Al Fresh, The Lion, and Bavdari are two, two people that have obviously made it in that scene. And I think growing up, uh, the reason why I sort of was asking questions about Toronto and stuff like that, um, the scene that we could witness over here was the Canadian scene. And I'm talking more from a content creator standpoint. It was obviously the music was there that we listened to, but I'm a huge fan of content creation and then music as well. So videos, editing, skits, all that sort of stuff. So you had Jastrain, you had Pata, you had Bubble, you had Noise, you had B-Magic, you had um, Herman Dater, you had the Archery Club. So you, and that community was a content creator community which had supply and demand at all times. So if, you know, Blitz is making a rap, has, has a rap verse ready to go, there's a producer like Jay Static or someone like that ready to make a song. But if this doesn't want to make a rap, well, there's another rapper ready to go and there's always a supply and demand there. Um, and it was right. a community that really facilitated growth in itself, right? So you've got Just Rain, you've got all these people that have now reached Jagmeetic as well. Is a big, the, 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 you know, the people around him are people that are around Just Rain at that point in time. And Just Rain just come back on Instagram. Um, so for me, it's like, how do I overcome the supply and demand without really being physically present with people here? So that's where I started. My whole belief is that you have to invest in people first and connect with them in the right, true manner and get to know them and see if you vibe with them then everything else follows, right? So for me, it's like, you know, people reach out and say, let's collab. And I'm like, well, let me get to know you first and let's connect at that level. And so in the face of that, I said, okay, if I had a day job and I wanted to release music, music stars cost a bit of investment. There is some time you got to put into yourself. But the practicality of it is you have to lease song, pay a producer, try to do visuals. It's all these sort of things. I'm like, how do I fund this musical thing as well? And if I didn't have any money, how do I make that work where I've invested into people and we can mutually help each other out as an independent artist. And how do we buck this independent artist trend? So we came up with the Akak Collective thing about in March, where it's about seven artists of um, seven artists all together. 
And we said, well, let's create our supply and demand model within ourselves. So if all else fails, we're not doing well anywhere else. There's three rappers that rap in English and Punjabi. One's from Canada, one's from Germany, one's from Norway. That's one's from, one is myself. There's a singer by the name of Talvinder who's growing quite a lot at the moment as well. Um, and he's from America. And then there's two or three beat makers as well. Two are from Australia and there's one videographer. So just that's how we overcame that problem of supply and demand is that nice. it's a seven group of us. Our fan bases are sort of now getting to know that, okay, this person is synonymous with this person, this person is this person, so, sort of thing. And we're building out our ecosystem slowly but surely. Um, and it's only been four or five months, but we've got such a good bond with them. And that's the way we sort of create our own supply and demand is that someone can make a beat, a rap and jump on. A singer wants to sing, he can jump on the hook whilst doing our own independent stuff as well on the side. So that's sort of what inspired me was the Canadian scene is a supply and demand and how we overcome it is building genuine friendships with these seven people and then building the supply and demand model with them. And, and it's been quite, 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 quite good. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to buck the trend in terms of, you know, trying to independently fight the battle. You're all sort of putting forces together and then pushing each other's work out there and giving it the best chance you can have. Nice. I like that. Um, Teamwork makes the dream work, right? 100%. That's awesome. Um, a shout out to the people on YouTube. Sneh Deep Singh. Uh, he says, I cat, I ikat season, baby. Uh, Amrinder, yeah. also, also shout out to Ikat. Sorry. I'll just quickly just mention those names. So, yes, Sneh Deep's from Australia, Hustle's from Australia, Talunda's from uh, America, Mozzle's from Germany, Midnight's from Toronto. Um, nice. and I haven't left anyone out there. I think that's pretty much everyone. Bali beats, man. Shout out and to Bali you beats well. from Norway. That's right. That's right. My bad. <laughs> oh, nice from Norway as well. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that, that, that region in Europe has a lot of uh, talented musicians, I feel like. Um, but okay, cool. Um, Blitzkrieg, bro. What's the question, uh, for Kid J West? Yeah, man. Yo, I, I checked out some of your stuff. You can definitely rap, you know, listen to you speak about, product output and, and you know how you're meeting supply and demand like you're right on the ball in terms of you know you're on the right path right um as an mc like i, I was listening to your rap i was listening to your flow so i was like yeah he can rap and and so my Appreciate question it. to you is you know during your writing process nowadays it's you know listening to you i know you're a guy who likes substance and you like lyrics right so being a guy like that we're living in an era where everything's melody, everything's wave, everything's sauce, right? Drip. Um, when you're writing, what's your writing process? Do you first think of what you want to talk about and write it down and then apply a melody? Or do you come with the melody first in your head and mm -hmm. apply the rap to that melody? Like what's, what, what's your writing process usually? So A, I really appreciate the kind words. It means a ton. Um, yeah. I don't take that for granted. Um, and B, when it comes to the writing part of it and, and substance, so for me, it's like as long as I write something that's true to myself and how I truly emotionally feel. So for my thing is, I'm not about the, for me at this point in my phase, and I don't think probably there will be money, women, all that sort of stuff. That's not sort of my topic standard, uh, the things that I want to rap about at this point. For me, right. it's pretty much the emotional turmoil that we go through on a daily basis, the, you know, the destruction we face as individuals and the trueness of ourselves. The best way to put it is when I stand in front of a mirror, you can see so much right yeah so for me it's about writing about that notion and i know no matter what anyone says that's something that's true for me in terms of what i write about in terms of where i think about the melody and the and that sort of stuff it's pretty much the beat like you know one day someone may say something that annoyed me or triggered something in me or something i'm annoyed by myself and if a beat like if you type in mf doom type beat right you know this yeah. is for all this 
people that are coming up as well. On YouTube, you like an artist, type in Kendrick type beat, type in MF Doom type beat, type in Kanye type beat, whatever you feel. Once you type that in, you're able to hear the beat and automatically that triggers emotion. You'll be sitting yeah. in the car. You may not say anything, but all you're doing is na 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 and you're angry. You're like, oh, and you're picturing things and stuff, right? <laughs> or you're mellow or whatever it may be. Yeah. And then you go home and you just write. I just write to the beat. I have the beat on a loop that runs 60 minutes long. Yeah. And I'll just sit there writing to it and finding different pockets. Usually most of the beat repeats itself anyways. Yeah. And just exactly. write to it and see how it fits. And funny enough, some of my songs are transplants. You write to one song and then, and then you hear you put another it beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the flow automatically just click, click, click. It becomes yeah. a tighter flow or a different flow. And that seems to be one of those things. I think a couple, three songs have been just purely to the beat. And that's, I find it very difficult and I want to become better at it. Right. But other songs have been, I've written to one beat where I've written to a lo-fi. And then I transplanted it onto a trap hype song or a trap yeah. hype song really put it a lo-fi beat. Yeah. And yeah, it's a bizarre thing, but that's how generally it works is beat first and then generally the transplant process. Dope. Nice. Thank you. I like it. Thank no, you for sharing, bro. You, bro. Um, the musical doc, do you have a question for Kid J West? Yeah. Um, wow. That was, it was really insightful to kind of like hear all of that and just hear the different elements. I feel like um, of what, you know, the world platform kind of brings to life. Um, I had a really ex interesting experience actually being in Sydney. Uh, we, I think I went in for like in 2000, um, I don't remember, like, I don't remember. But um, it was just interesting because I, I know you were talking about kind of like the Desi scene, like the music scene over there, but I had a very different experience as well too. And um, so I was just curious, like, you know, what is, and I, I don't know if this is like, if this is pertinent or whatever, but it's like, okay, so I know that you were kind of talking about how there's kind of like this scene as far as like, it's been, like Punjabi and like, um, like, you know, urban Desi and all of that. So I was just, I was just kind of wondering, like, beyond that, are there any kind of, um, what, what's it like, you know, is it like, because my experience when I went to Australia, for example, like, um, we kind of, we saw like the local like indie scene what was going on. Uh, I had, I was blessed to have the opportunity to perform at Sydney Opera House. We did Sydney Town Hall, all of this. So it was just like, it was like a whole different like side of it that I saw. So I was just like mm -hmm. curious, like, because you live there, you know what I mean? Like you, you know what's up. So I was just mm -hmm. like, what, like what beyond kind of like that uh, urban Desi, like art, like the artist that you were talking about, like what, like what, what else is there? I'm just like, what's the, what's the, you know, I, and I, I'm talking pertinent to like, you know, South Asian artists and stuff like that. Like what, what else, what else, what else is there? What other genres or pockets or like what, what beyond is there? And I know that's such a vague question. Cause if you were out here in LA, I could be like, bro, let me tell you, <laughs> but I, like, I don't live out there. So I can't, I don't think I can really speak on it. Just from yeah. visiting like for that one. Know, that makes sense. Yeah. Out there, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. no, for sure. And, and I think from a South Asian sort of perspective, the dancing scene and the competitive scene was probably the first scene that we, pushed itself to become uh -huh. like everyone's involved pretty much me and then you go 100 people 200 people to the left and right of me as mutual connections would be first person that people dancing on stage you know bollywood all that sort of stuff those sort of competitions were the drivers um for creativity outlets and stuff and then you got the singers on top of that as well and they had a traditional way of doing things pre-social media um mm -hmm. and then the Pongra scene started incorporating and the dancing started incorporating and the bollywood scene started incorporating more social media into it and now you have producers and rappers and they see rappers that are trying to come through and make more music like that as well i have friends nice. that are, um you know a few female artists as well that are singers are trying to grow up and budding but i think there's so from from an artist standpoint i mean 
Tongara scene was the main thing. We don't really have. We've had festivals where Punjabi singers come down, or Indian singer Raman comes down, and all of you know Sydney comes down and watches those festivals and 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 takes part in it. But for smaller mm-hmm. artists or the independent artists, there isn't um, the scene isn't that big yet. But it is eventually going to get there. Because there is a create there's there's a blend between all those talents yet, um, but the mm-hmm. population is quite small. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to find. Like in Canada and America, you can definitely find creators very easily. And in Australia, it can be tricky to see people. I think people are a bit nervous to put themselves out there more. Um, and you only hear about these few artists here and there. But I think as time goes on, you will see more performance based. I mean, dream one is to have organized a session where it's just independent artists here get together and have a chill down session and all these sort of things and organize that's those sort of frequent events but it's kind of hard to do at this point in time um outside of that if you want to know what sydney's about it's a lifestyle thing people love the beach here we love brunches if you want to know about that side of things Bondi um, lit, bro i could have I, yeah. I wouldn't mind just chilling out there for a cool minute that was lit <laughs> yeah, so, so, so beaches, brunches, we're, yeah, we're all about, yeah, we're all about the beaches, the brunches, the coffee, coffee over here is really good if you like coffee, um, nice. but yeah, that's, that, that's a, Australia in a, in a nutshell, um, but we are a close-knit, that being said, a lot of this, like, you could go to the next Desi person, and on socials, they will have a mutual person, pretty much, right away, oh, so yeah. that's how connected okay. small it is, and that's yeah. um, I feel it. Yeah, so you know, I'm the tall guy that at least people know the brown tall guy. If it's him, but yeah, it's it's a small it's a small but close knit community. But we are budding still. We are first generation, so we we still that, you know, give us some ten years. That being said, sorry, just a little follow up. That being said, do you ever feel the pressure of anything because it is so small knit? Like, do you ever feel like yo, like if I put something out, like it's like it's so small knit that everybody's gonna know my like? Do you ever feel like that pressure of like? I have to deliver or is like mm-hmm. is, it, is it more competitive or is it is like all y'all are just like homies like that or like you know what i mean because it's so like you're yeah. Like yeah no look i think it just comes down to anything like when you create content you have a few people around you that are very close to you and it's a scale right as an independent artist or anyone like that it's a scale it's the is it is it above average is it below average if it's below average work on it make it better if it's above average look at the time you have and see if you can make it better otherwise be consistent put it out and believe that the next project you'll make you'll make it better and obviously yeah. how you feel about the project. So for me, it's like my friends, they're supportive, um, but I don't expect friends to be my fans. Um, I want to, if they are, then that's that's a bonus. And on top of that, it's about building your own people that really, you know, vibe with your work. And then you start building out your own personal community. There's always going to be people, you know, my friend, if he likes, you know, Punjabi music, he's not going to like, you know, he potentially won't like it up and I can't be mad at him for not liking it. So therefore... Right. He's not in a position to really sort of, you know, it's, it's not somewhere I should take offense on if he likes that's it. Like, yeah, like that's not necessarily your demographic that you're targeting anyway. So it's kind of like, yeah. okay, so, well. So, so when it comes to support, I think initiative, right? Like having on someone that's trying to put out work um, as opposed to you not putting out work. I think people over here really embrace, you know, really get back behind you. Like, yeah, you're the Aussie guy trying to rep or whatever it may be. And it's, 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 it's a cool feeling. And everyone sort of nice. tries to push for that proactivity. And everywhere else, like, it's pretty much smaller sample size like everywhere else in the world, right? Like, you know, in America, you'll feel that. In Canada, you'll feel that. There's people that love you, like, and there's people that are going to just absolutely hate it no matter what you do. Right, and right, right, right. Most definitely. It is what it is. That makes <laughs> well, thank sense. you for <laughs> the question. Thank you for that. That was dope. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Um, all right, so let's move on to Musical Doc. Uh, my question to you, Musical Doc, is, like, you just released a song recently called uh, Real Woman. 
and um, and and uh, so I want to know the inspiration behind that song, and uh, you know, tell us a little more about what what made you make that song. Absolutely. Um, so ironically, this record, um, I wrote it like in a, it was like a few years ago actually, and it was like a really interesting time in life because um, prior to that. You know, I was going from this transition of like medicine to music, and I took this like uh, kind of like really interesting like, or I just took the step where I was like, "Yo, uh, I basically dropped everything and I moved across the world. I moved to India, I moved to Chennai, and uh, my my brother was, um, you know, he's really in the musical world out there with like films and everything and whatnot. So I moved out to Chennai for a cool minute, and like it was just it was almost like a restart, but in like it was kind of like rediscovering like my musicality, like my musicianship, like my art, like my mind, like what is it that really, really gets me to like go really deep and like, you know, bring bring that element to life, you know? And so it was really interesting because like I had to actually come back to LA for a short period of time because um, I was working on this project. I was actually the only female director, uh, music director for this project that was like Bollywood meet Dirk de Soleil. And so it was just like an interesting time in life where it was kind of like these two worlds that I, I was kind of living in of like being in Chennai, being in LA, which is kind of like, I was working on music for like a Cirque du Soleil Bollywood situation. And I was like, no, there's just so much, there's just so much going on right here. And um, <laughs> that was actually also the time uh, I connected with Peter and we actually totally just put Peter Madonna. We connected um, on Instagram through like a common friend. And he was like, yo, just like, I was, I don't know what I was at. I was like some, some screening of something. I was like in West Hollywood. And he was like, yo, pull up, like come to the studio, come through. And like literally, we just, it was just really interesting that we had such like similar backgrounds as far as like, you know, what we kind of, how we perceive music, how we perceive sound, how we perceive just like the, the connectivity between like your vibration as a human soul and like the vibration of like the music that you're putting out, you know? Right. So, I mean, we just like, that was kind of, I think that was like the first time we ever met actually. And he was like showing me these beats and then I was just kind of doing some like riffs and stuff like that. Like really just like, like putting out what I was feeling. Like, that's just what I felt like. It was just a vibe. Like it wasn't like I was thinking about it. It's not like anybody was thinking about it. It was just like, yo, I was just singing like, it was just like a vibe on its own. And he was like, yo, pause, bro. I need mm -hmm. you to get in the right now and do what you got to do. Like, do you, sis? And I was like, hi, you know? Right. So like literally went there, like we were like recording some riffs, like came back real quick and like wrote it down. I uh, wrote down like some lyrics, went back in the booth, cut the whole song and like it was just like this perfect harmony between like what mm -hmm. i think i like i knew as a person what i identified with like the classical roots and then what i also identified with like with the r&b and like soulful vibes as well too and it was just something that really came out organically like i i really believe like the best kind of music is like what comes out organically you know it's something that it's 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 tangible to all the senses it's like a it's a being it's a reflection of your being like your inner environment yes. And how are right. you being, bringing that to your external environment? And so it was right. something that was just so organic. And it was like, it's so ironic. Like, I, I really believe like the universe has like a different way of like unfolding things. And like, I mean, I guess maybe all this time, like all these couple of years, it was never the right time to drop it. And ironically that song, Real Woman, like when I listen to the lyrics now, right? Like I was a baby girl then. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about, talking about real woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was a baby. <laughs> Girl. And then I think about like all these sequences of events that have happened in my life. And now listening to this, 
It dropped like a week before I'm about to get married during a global pandemic during like, you know, out, now I have a new, like, I didn't even, I didn't even call myself the musical doc when I wrote that song. I was a baby girl. I was just like me being me, just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was just be myself. Like, I was just be myself doing that. And like, it was just, so it's like really interesting looking back at it and just really kind of, it's like full circle, you know, like, I feel like I, I really want to be like, I think especially growing up South Asian in like the kind of environment that I did, the kind of journey, like, I feel like, especially for women, really, really kind of hard to like, come out like aggressively and or not even aggressively come out passionately and be like, yo, like, this is what I fucking want to do. I don't give a fuck what nobody has to say. This is what I am. This is what I'm about. Let's fucking, let's, let's create some dope shit. Right, Straight up. Right. What I mean, no, like, let's awesome. create, like, let's create dope shit. Let's create meaningful content. Like, let's create art. Let's create mm -hmm. art. Period. Yeah. So, like, no, that's really, awesome. That's, yeah. yeah, that's all like full circle. And so, I mean, you know, it's out now. You have to go check it yeah. out. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for sharing. That makes sense. That's a. I knew yeah. there'd be like a story of a journey in that one. Uh, Blitzkrieg, Kid J yeah. West. Uh, do you guys have a question for Musical Doc? Of course. Yeah. Um. So my question to you is. What are your thoughts on the monetization of your art and what role does it play in your creative process? You know, like you just finished saying like you're, you're you know, you were a baby girl when you recorded before. I mean, you're an adult now. You're about to get married. Right. Like there's, there's a lot of pressures and responsibilities that come with being older and, and accepting new new phases in your life. The mortgage right. is due, rent is due, the wedding right. costs a load. So right. Does the monetization like, hey, you know, obviously you're always going to keep it real to yourself and who you are. Right. Do you ever feel the pressure of the monetization of your create, like on your creative process? So I don't, I can never, like, I feel like there's like two elements, right? There's the business of music and the music business, right? Yeah. Like as much as like you don't, you want to separate both of them or whatever, when it comes to create creating, like when I tell you, like it's my creative process, I cannot... My bad. I don't know if y'all can hear my dogs. I have two German Sherpas. They're going crazy right now. Um, <laughs> but my creative process is it's like it's a sacred place for me. So when I create from there, like nothing, nothing, like nothing, nothing. There's nothing else. There's nothing else that I see. Mm. That's, except that's those crazy. German Shepherds. But yeah, except the German yeah. Shepherds. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, like for me, my creative process is a sacred place. The, and then it's like, so I also went to like Columbia Business School for like digital media marketing and all of that too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. as much as like I have this soulful being within me, then when I can like, when the second I leave my creative space and I'm out, I'm like, all right, sis, let's get into fucking like hustle mode. What we gotta do? How are we gonna fucking push this out? What you yeah. gotta do? What different platforms you gotta fucking think about? Think about this, 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 this. Who you gotta fucking like? How are you gonna move? Yeah. So it's like, I think the two, you cannot, like, you can't, you create your, what you create and you create that, like I created in my like sacred space. And then I step out, like when I create, I step out of myself. I truly, it's like an outer body experience for me. And at the same time, like when I'm just, when I'm deciding how I'm going to place the song, how it's going to be placed, where it's going to be placed, how I'm going to monetize, whatever the fuck it is. It's like, I also step out of myself. I step out of that element. And now I think with this, so it's like, you can't. And I really believe in like, you know, making sure as an artist, you have multiple streams of revenue. You got to make sure like you woke enough to know like, yo, if my only way of, uh, of making bank is fucking through monetization, there's so many other different ways. And you better be woke to that shit, especially in the time and age that we're living in. You know yeah. what I mean? So right. it's like, for me, it's like, cool. Like, 
I, let me let me step out of myself to create what it is that I want to create. Now, let me step out of myself to figure out how the fuck I'm gonna push this. Now let me step out of myself. Now no, let me bring all of that together and mm -hmm. be like, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this. What's your next move? Nice. Yeah. That's great advice uh, nice. for independent artists and you know artists coming out. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kid J West, you have a question for the musical doc. Yeah, I was gonna say. So if you had all like, obviously I saw I saw your video, the last one, and, and it was quite extravagant. There was a lot going on in it, which is quite cool. And obviously that's sort of what you want in a video. You sort of have some visuals. You're like, I really could. It would be cool to get to that stage and so forth. So taking that on, if if you if suppose there was budget wasn't a constraint, you had all the resources to do what it is, what what you could do. Is there a passion project you have that you wanna sort of really, you know? <laughs> nice. Or Good come question. in mind, or something like that. That's really there. You really want to ask me this question? <laughs> are you sure you really want me to tell you the answer? Like no budget. Question? What are you gonna do? I mean, oh, God, bro, no, no, the the obvious no, no. answer, the obvious answer, if budget is not a question. Is she wants Raph to produce the beat, and you and me to rap on it? Come on, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is me asking because, like, we we're always thinking. I think I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm always thinking about like, if I really had everything, was would there be something I really was passionate about that I really don't want to put forward and you know use this to present? Or is there a certain passion project I have that I really want to bring into life? Is there something there? Obviously, you don't have to share the nitty gritty details, so no one takes it. Oh yeah, no, but... no, no! I'll tell you, I'll tell you, because there is, there really is. Okay. So, um, so like, I think when. I, was, I first started like this whole concept of like my artistry name, my artist name, the musical doc. Um, there was always this thing, like even, I don't know, like even when I was in med school, I, I was like, dude, I'm either gonna write a book or drop an album called White Coats to Black Notes, right? It was oh. just like always something that I wanted to do. And a few years ago, um, I wrote this song. Like I, it's, dude, it's such a trip because I wrote this song and like, I feel like I really do. I have like crazy vision sometimes and I just I just see shit. Like I see shit in my dreams. I see shit sometimes when I'm just existing. And like, there was a song that I wrote. I don't wanna tell you guys the name because I, I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna fucking drop that shit. <laughs> but the visual that I had in my head was like, it was like talking about Kali Yuga essentially. You know what I mean? But like, not in like, not in the like, the form of which I feel like so many people take it. I feel like they kind of extract like the the cultural aspect of it. I'm not even. I don't even. I don't even mean like that in the cultural way. I mean like the repercussions of the world that we're living in, like our our souls as humanity. Like what is the world that we're living in, and like the vision that I had for this. It's it's like so vivid. Like it's still so vivid in my mind that I it's like. I have to put it out before, you know, I, I, I've read a lay in, in peace. I have to put it out. Right. And so if that was the case, that would be that. And and truly my my passion, you know, I, I took the Hippocrates oath at one time in my life. And I really believe that my calling as an artist is, is to like, I don't know, like is to collectively bring a different kind of consciousness to like, to, to ourselves as people, like embrace like what you have, like what the environment, like your internal environment, your external environment. And I really believe that's my calling as an artist. Like I, I wanna give that, like I think there were so many times in my life, especially being a female, especially in the industry that I am with the background that I've come from, there were so many times I felt so fucking alone. Like fuck, is it just me? I'm just the only fucking black sheep. I still feel that way so many times. And, and I realized I was like, yo, I don't fit in any lane. I don't fit in any genre. I don't fit in any like, I don't fit nowhere. Like I don't fit nowhere sometimes. 
I really feel that way. And so I think when that's the case, it's like you create your own lane. And I think the second I started embracing that fully was when like the voices and visions in my mind like really came to life. And and I feel like the more I pursue that, like this matter of like budget or this or that, like like it really manifests. Like you you manifest it. You have to you have to talk that shit into existence. And I'm not saying that just for like the sappy shit. I really mean like you have to talk that shit and be willing to like put whatever it's gonna take. Like there are times that I have literally been on the ground like what the fuck? Like you were so deep in Howard, like that Melanie and Honey music video. Like I had no idea how I was gonna pull it off. Like how I was gonna, because at the time I had no idea of nothing. I was like, like I said, baby girl. And like when I think about it now, it's like, I'm so glad that despite those like moments where it was like so, so difficult to be doubted everything, or you're like, how the fuck am I gonna pull this off? Like you push through that, you keep pushing through that. And I feel like it's level up, like you gotta level, like I don't give a fuck about what, like not I don't give a fuck about what anyways, but it's like, I got my blinders on. Like I have to do my own like level up. So I right. feel like every time I've leveled up, it's just helping me get one step closer to what you just said. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Um, thank you guys for sharing so many different things, man. You know, this was a really valuable past one hour. I really liked it. It went above an hour. But that's because we're vibing so well, you know what I mean? So that's it's always fun to do that. We're pretty much at the end of the show. But before we end the show, you know, I ask each of you to give a little tidbit, a little pointer to leave the independent art, leave for the independent artists who are watching and listening. Um, so this brings us to the final segment of the show. Tsunami independence is priceless. All right, so this is the segment, Independence is Priceless. Uh, I ask each of you guys to leave a message for the audience who's watching, for the independent artists out there. Um, so let's start with uh, Kid J West, bro. What's the message that you want to leave uh, to artists who are beginning their journey uh, right now, like today? Yeah, when it comes to, I think, I think I'm quite passionate about this whole thing, and I could go on for ages, but um, having been in it for a while now, like a little while now, I think... It's being able to understand that, you know, we can create our own pies that are big enough. So I think sometimes people feel a bit intimidated by each other or there's not enough support shown to people around their, um, you know, fellow artists and so forth. And I think understanding that, you know, if we support each other, that's the only way it's going to be able to propel sort of forward and understand that, you know, there is a big enough population in this world to create our own pies of people or our own bases or, you know, fan bases or whatever it may be um, and, and not feel intimidated by the next guy. And I think there's a lot of that um, that happens as well. And I think it's also just investing in people genuinely. So, you know, instead of saying, hey, let's collab or let's do this or let's do that and trying to get something out of someone right away, That's... really just understand what that person's about. Is their music in line with yours? They may be popping, but if their messaging is completely different to yours, you're sitting in a situation that you're just doing it where you're compromising who you are like you know it doesn't make any sense so i feel like really investing in people like you know and, and talking to them and then going okay music and stuff will happen automatically and that point you want to cheer on and make that you know you'll 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 make you know, you'll create content automatically and I think that's a that's a key thing and then the last point i want to say is that you know try and just if someone comes to your page they should be able to know exactly what your work is about i think there's a lot of pages that people create or if they have socials and stuff it's really hard to even access the music they're creating and it's, it's like i should be able to go to your page just make it 
simple for the audience to go in and just give yourself the best chance that I can click on it and right away I know exactly what you're about. And I think those sort of three points there are well pleased that. But yeah, at the same time, if anyone wants to message me and wants to talk about anything whatsoever, I pretty much try to reply to every DM I get. So um, yeah, message through and I'm happy to have a chat with anyone. Nice. That's very valuable advice. Very practical advice as well. I love that. Um, something that everybody can learn from. Um, musical doc. Uh, what's a little message that you want to leave the audience? Um, so I just wanted to say, first of all, be unapologetically you. Don't let anybody tell you how, what, whatever. And then that's for all my ladies, all my fellas out there. Shout out to you. Just be unapologetically you. Beyond that, just always remember that knowledge is like the greatest gift you can give to yourself, whether that's like knowledge of yourself, like soul surfing with yourself and really understanding and mastering your craft or whether that's knowledge in the business, how you have to move, how you have to like, you know, um, and it's like a lot of times, um, you know, it's like you're not always going to get that by like like reading something you can get it by reading too but also like make sure you have good mentors around you make sure you have people that like really genuinely like like believe in what it is that you're doing and that you like genuinely really trust too because it's like your your little your 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 peeps that makes a huge huge difference so i honestly believe knowledge is everything and really take that time to invest in yourself your craft like better yourself better your craft like if if you put out a track and it's like you know whatever like what did i do how can i move was it like i need more knowledge and how to put it out or do i need more knowledge with my stuff how i'm creating or it's like what what is the level up so make sure nice. that they woke level up and be unapologetically you <laughs> nice i love that knowledge is power you're right uh facts i love that um Blitzkrieg, bro, uh, with over uh, 15 years of experience, man. Um, yeah. and I, I left you for the last just because, like, uh, I wanted you to, like, somehow sum up those 15 years into, yeah. like, 15 seconds. I, I don't know I how you're going to do that. I, I, got two, I got two pieces of advice for people out there, right? right. So, number one, um, don't get lost in your own sauce. Don't believe your own hype. Okay, mm. especially nowadays where everything is quantified in terms of how many views your video has, how many followers on Instagram you have, right? That doesn't always translate to real success, right? right. Someone out there, so a perfect example of that is, I'll talk about Apache Indian again. Apache Indian sold over 5 million records, I think 10 million records worldwide. The guy only had like, when at that time, eight, 9,000 followers on Instagram, right? Mm. So <laughs> if I was just scrolling through the gram and I didn't know who Apache was, and I saw his Instagram, I'd be like, yeah, he's all right. He's kind of popping, but not really. He's only got 9,000 followers. But the man sold 10 million records and has been touring the world for 30 years. That is success. Ooh. Consistency and longevity, it's a success. Don't right. get caught up in numbers. Look at me. I have 1,400 followers. That's it. But last year, I was on Gully Boy. I sold a track to Sony Music. I've toured the world. It doesn't <laughs> number, Numbers don't matter. Don't get caught right. up in that. Um, so, And then the other thing I would say is keep going no matter how hard the road seems you never know what's gonna hit so for example like i just finished saying i was the only canadian artist on the gully boy movie soundtrack my voice is actually in the movie it's the first song that plays in the movie you hear my voice it's in the credits that's an accomplishment for me but what got me in that was a song i did in 2009 that didn't have much success the song probably has like 15,000 views on youtube but when the producers called me they contacted me and they said hey man we saw this song and we, we remember it from 11 years ago. Wow. We love your voice. We love your vibe. We want you in this movie. So you never know what's going to hit. 
keep doing you. Don't get caught up in your hype. Don't get caught up in the numbers. Just keep being true to yourself and, and consistency, and it will pay off. When the time is right, the right opportunity, it will be there for you. God, it, that, that's meant by God. Nothing can stop that, you know? <laughs> nice. Love that's it, man. Big, fa yeah. big facts. Big facts. I love that. I love that. That's very nice, man. Very good advice. Very practical advice. Uh, something we all can learn from, you know, no matter what uh, <clears throat> what part of the journey we're in, we, we definitely have a lot of uh, facts and knowledge that we can take from this session today. So thank you guys for joining me here, man. Um, it's 3 a.m. for you, Kid J. West. Go get some sleep. <laughs> I appreciate you staying up and hanging out with us, no. man. And no, thank musical you so doc, much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate you. Uh, musical Doc, thank you for the energy. It's like uh, your energy is just like it's going to wake up everybody in the world. In America right now, so that's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Blitzkrieg, bro. Thank you for joining. Thank you, man. I really appreciate your words of advice and all the little tidbits of knowledge that you dropped today. Uh, thank you, bro. I appreciate you, man. Hell yeah, man. Oh Thank you Thank to the you audience. Thank, Thank you. you guys for watching, man. Uh, next week, we'll be back with Manj Music. Hey. Peace. Peace. We ain't cloud chasers, we about facing the devil You about hating, we about raising up people levels Ain't no doubt, Mason, I'm building upward, you seeking trouble I'm not waiting, caught in the matrix, but keep my hustle The devil whispered what I commend with the muscle When the rebels fit in sickness, all of these kids